0: Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Booklights, where we're shining a light on good books.
1: Happy Monday, everyone. It's a new week. Can you believe we're into November? I, I just, I'm stunned. Um, I still have a little bits of Halloween, though, around my house. No worries. So, I'm Lisa Kessler. I write paranormal romance. I'm your host. And today, I'm very excited. We have author Craig DeLuey on, and he writes horror, dystopian. I know my Halloween authors are carrying over to November, but it's my favorite time of year. And Craig has a really amazing new book out. If you've never read him yet, I'm going to go ahead and read his bio so you can get a taste for it. But he really, you've got to go check out his website and take a look at these books because they're all so different. So anyway, Craig DeLouis is an author of popular thrillers, apocalyptic horror, sci-fi fantasy, and his novels have been praised for their strong characters, action, and gritty realism. Each book promises an exciting experience and people that you'll care about in a world that feels real. These works have been nominated for major literary awards, such as the Bram Stoker Award and Audi Award. They've been translated into multiple languages and even optioned for film. He's also a member of HWA, International Thriller, Wri- Thriller Writers. I really can speak. It is Monday, though. IFWA. And you can check out his blog and more about his books on his website. I did put a link to his website right there on Blog Talk. So feel free to click that anytime and check out his uh, his blog is really incredible too. So check out his blog and sign up for his mailing list so you don't miss the next new book. So without further ado, Craig, are you there?
0: Yes, hi Lisa, thanks for having me back on.
1: <laughs> hi, I'm so glad you could come back on. I tell so many people about uh, your vampire book, the stuff of the children book.
0: oh yeah it's
1: just such an amazing (laughs) concept and i'm like whoa but anyway i'm glad to have you back on and uh today we're talking about our war right that's the new book
0: yes it came out in august from orbit
1: and this book you just got back it was a finalist right for um an aurora award right
0: Yes, uh, that was for a, another novel that came out last year from Orbit called One of Us, uh, which was a southern gothic dark oh, okay. fantasy. Oh, yeah, Our War uh, coming so out this R-War. year. Hopefully it will be up for some awards for next year.
1: Yeah. Oh, how exciting. Well, tell us about the book. Why should everybody run out and grab it today?
0: Well, Our War is a, uh, it's a dystopian thriller. Uh, it's about a brother and sister forced to fight on opposite sides of a second American civil war. Uh, so thematically it's about, uh, tribalization and polarization in American politics and the extreme of where that might take us. And it's a dystopia in that it provides a warning of these are the kind of things that might happen if the current trajectory in American politics goes to its extreme conclusion. And, um, yeah, and it came like I said, it came out from, uh, from orbit in August and, uh, it's uh, gotten some terrific reviews and a great response from readers and I'm really proud of it.
1: Yeah, it sounds incredible and our heroine of the book, she's only she's only a kid, right?
0: Right, the the there are five uh major characters and uh, uh three of them are adults and two of them are young and the reason why I did that, I did that for uh two reasons. So one I wanted to show uh that the Real victims in a war um, are uh, the innocent, uh, especially civil war. Uh, the war imagined in in the novel is less like the American Civil War in the 1860s and more like the Bosnian War in the 90s, where you had not states fighting over uh, common cause economic issues like um, uh, and moral issues like slavery. They were they're fighting. Uh, more uh, cultural war and uh, with um, a president who's impeached but refuses to leave office being the catalyst. So it's more red versus blue, not by state, but more uh, by county where you have uh, city versus country uh, fighting. And so it looks a lot more like the Bosnian War. So in a civil war like that, everybody fights and nobody wins and the real uh, victims are the innocent. And so the uh, two Two of the protagonists are brother and sister. They end up orphaned and sort of taken in by opposing militias and, and end up becoming child soldiers. And so to them, they provide an innocent perspective for the reader uh, where they, these kids don't care about the politics, uh, but they end up finding their cause with the different militias, which is more having to do with family and belonging and believing in something bigger than themselves. And uh, ultimately, they come to become, obviously, disillusioned with that because the war is all-consuming and and evil in itself. Uh, and so they end up right. fighting for each other and ultimately themselves.
1: Wow. When you set out to write the book, um, did you know what the ending would be? I would think writing a book like that would make it tough to, you know, having the kids on opposite sides. Did you have that? figured out ahead of time or did you figure it out as you went
0: well i'm a plotter uh although i don't think it's a possible for someone to be a hundred percent plotter um you you have to there is a, an organic discovery process between the plot points that you set up and so our right. war was uh, so so my answer to you is yes i did plot it out i didn't know where i was going I had um, all the major plot points figured out, and then I had the character arcs for the individual characters also figured out. And then everything else in between those points in the story was, was organic and a, a discovery process. And it ended up changing. The, the, it's a living document, your outline. And so you end up changing right. your plot points as you, as you go along. But the ending was fairly fixed. I knew exactly where I wanted to end it and thematically um, what kind of note I wanted to end the story on.
1: Right, did you, without spoilers, can you tell us what what was your biggest surprise writing that?
0: Wow, what was my biggest surprise um, That's a really tough one. I'm actually not sure
1: uh,
0: <laughs> I felt very um comfortable with the material i I do so much research before the book um the book comes out, uh, before I start writing, uh, that I really know nice. where I'm going. And I'm really immersed in the people uh, because I have the character arcs. I know exactly who they are and what they want mm-hmm. and how they need to change. And um, and then with the plot, uh, I, I'd say my biggest surprise came after the book was published. Uh, I did a I did a, uh, made a huge effort to keep myself as the author out of the story. I, I have very strong political beliefs, but I didn't think anybody was would be particularly interested in them other than my friends. I didn't want to sermonize right. or any uh, with this, and so I wanted to present a story and let the characters speak for themselves, and it, and it provides a palette of views from le- left wing to center to right wing, and everybody gets their say. And uh, and I and I have a lot of readers have come to me and said, well, they they felt it was very fair and that I did keep myself out of the story, and I was really gratified about that. But I, did, you know, when you write something that is fair, but there is one thing that upsets someone's mythology, especially if it's a treasured mythology, they're going to get upset about it. And I, so I kind of expected a few more people to um to get upset and uh, they didn't and so I was really gratified by that that they understood what my intent was as the author that I wasn't trying to you know demonize one side or the other or even do a a, a centrist pox on both your houses kind of stance it I just presented <laughs> a, a war what if a civil war happened here what would it look like that's was my question as the author and that's what the story set out to do and readers took it that way and made them think and um and made them feel something, and so for me, that was really gratifying and what my overall intent was
1: nice and I was telling you before the show started that that uh I live in America, so i'm I'm living it right now and it it's a very terrifying concept to me um about you know this you know that a president would be impeached and not leave and there would be a civil war and and that never seemed like it could possibly be real and yet, nowadays (laughs) when you started out with the book did it seem you know way far out there
0: um it it seemed something that could happen uh there was there was talk even then of about civil war while i was writing the book like what would a civil war look like in the u.s and I said, okay, well, mm-hmm. how would that happen? Okay, well, l- let's say a president was impeached and uh, he – or she refused to leave office, and um, const- that's an instant constitutional crisis that could be a catalyst for a civil war if there were opposing forces willing to commit violence toward that toward that end. So while I was writing the book, that was back in uh, 2017, and back then it felt – prescient, but now it feels that it's out. It feels torn from today's headlines in a scary way, actually, right, <laughs> um, yeah. where you have a president who's impeached, who refuses to leave office, um, oh, uh, and there's speculation about whether Trump might refuse to leave office if he were impeached and convicted by the, the Senate. Uh, the right. the um, uh, There was a, a respected publication, I think it was Foreign Policy or Foreign Affairs, was was speculating on this very thing. What if he refuses to go? What are the mechanisms in place to remove him? And then you have the uh, so it's taken very seriously uh, by establishment right. publications like mainstream media. And then you have right wing militias tweeting this is a this impeachment process is a uh, a soft coup by the deep state. The exact language that's used in my book. Uh, and we're going. We are planning to resist. And even Trump himself threatened. Indirectly threatened civil war if the impeachment process continued. Right. And so it's, and he's like not even recognizing le- the legitimacy of Congress in, in, in the process. Mm-hmm. So it's a dangerous situation that back then seemed, you know, good dystopia. You know, back to, back in right. 2017 when I was writing it, somebody might make like, oh, that would make a great story. And now it's kind of like, oh, okay, that's you're describing things that are were, the trajectory we're actually on right now um, using even some of the exact language some of the players are using. That's kind of scary. And so the... Uh, right. So, uh, you know, what, what do I believe, honestly? I guess it w- I might sell more books if I was like, ooh, yeah, this is going to, you know, watch out. But I, I honestly think that it's a more likely outcome of all this is civil strife where you have um, terrorism and uh, unrest and you know sporadic uh, violence uh, which is actually occurring right now um mm-hmm. but uh rather than civil war but uh it's certainly a possibility and something that you know I would hope wouldn't happen I hope the book does stay fiction I just wanted to show you know <laughs> if, if there was a if it was taken to the extreme this is how what it might look like so let's not do this
1: <laughs> right <laughs> yes yeah, so let's not
0: <laughs> right, but uh, you know, it, it, but I'm not sure it's within our power. I mean, this is something. If it were to happen, it would be forced on us. I don't think it would be. It wouldn't be something the vast majority of Americans would choose. Certainly.
1: Right. Right. Well, um, the when I was reading the synopsis about the book, I was thinking about, um, I know you do a lot of TV reviews and things on your blog. Do, did you ever watch American Horror Story? Because they had that one season that was cult, and... Yeah, I I there were I was a few episodes in and I thought, Whew, I need a break from this. It's too close. To, <laughs> it's too scary. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched that one, but it was it was very unsettling for the current events and <laughs> what's happening. So
0: No, I haven't haven't seen that one. Um but I, I get that response to my fiction quite a bit. Like this made me cry and then of course I say, You're welcome because that's <laughs> The whole idea ideas to make you feel something.
1: <laughs> yes, the whole point of fiction is to make you feel something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, what's next for you? Are you already writing your next book?
0: Yes, I actually just I turned it in a month ago uh, to my wonderful editor Bradley Engler at Orbit, and it's a horror novel. And speaking of cults, it's about a uh, the Survivors of an apocalyptic cult's horrible, horrifying last days. Um, they grew up in this cult. They're adults now, and they uh, end up, um, they come together to uh, confront their past and the uh, entity that appeared on the final night. And so, oh. thematically, it's about uh, faith and belonging and memory and trauma. And I guess as far as a log line, it would be it might be described as Netflix's The Haunting of Hill House meets the Jonestown Massacre. So it's, oh um, wow. Yeah. So speaking of emotionally powerful, it, it is, uh, it's, um, it's a, it's a really, it's a different kind of book than I've written before. Whereas it's really deep in character and, um, and their memories of, of what they survived and how they come together to, uh, confront it. And, uh, it's uh, it's absolutely amazing i think and um it's- um roughly scheduled for publication next November, so I'm really excited about that one coming out and um
1: oh great i
0: hope it uh i hope people like it
1: yeah, so for people who don't know you. Um, I always ask, what did your writing journey look like? Were you always planning to be a writer? Did you come to it later? What, you know, what made this happen before your first book came out?
0: Well, I wanted to be a writer since I was nine years old. I was just absolutely fascinated with it. I grew up on a farm in uh, a rural part of New Jersey. And so I spent a lot of time in my imagination. You know, the cornfield mm-hmm. next door was were the, was the army I had to fight with my stick and um the, <laughs> there was a far ruins of a farmhouse that became that I would explore and would become Roman ruins and of course you could all sorts of stories to tell there. And so I lived a lot in my head when I was a kid and yeah. ended up discovering um Robertie Howard, at a very young age and uh, just fell in love um he he write he wrote very pulpy stories, purple prose, wish fulfillment for young men, and so it was it was adventure stories, and so it was it was just something that caught fire with me at the time and uh and I was like, I love being in these worlds and getting Getting, going somewhere else, and being somebody else, and I want to provide that experience for other people, and actually control that creative process, and so I ended up doing a, a lot of d and D. I I was that nerd in high school, d- doing a lot of D&D in the 80s, and uh, in fact, Stranger mm-hmm. Things, I was, yeah, I was one of those kids for sure, without all the <laughs> exciting adventures, it was um, just right. the D&D, and uh, reading and stuff, and uh, ended up, uh, then in the 90s, I ended up fighting with traditional publishing, where you had to get an agent to get published, but you had to get published to get an agent, and it was who you right. knew, and I didn't know anybody, and it was really hard, and I just kept writing books, writing books, but honing my craft over that time, and I ended up getting a lucky break with a small press that was catching on uh, the small press wave with on-demand printing in the early '90s, and I wrote this book about conspiracy theory, something Chuck Palahniuk might have written when he was drunk on a bad weekend, and it got published. <laughs> it was called Paranoia, and, uh, and it sold about 1,000 copies. This was before ebook. Then I had a sci-fi book come out, same result, and I was like, okay, I'm this small press guy. I really want to push it to make it <laughs> – Make it bigger um how do I do that? And I was a marketing guy, so I was one of the first authors to sort of embrace that trend of authors being marketing people and uh push push it as hard as I could. But then something remarkable happened, which is two thousand and ten came along. I wrote a zombie book about um Tooth and nail, which was about an army unit in New York during a zombie apocalypse and uh it uh, along with stephen Knight uh the uh, wonderful author of Gathering Dead. Um, we pretty much launched a subgenre in zombie fiction, which was military versus zombies. And that book caught fire, sold tens of thousands of copies. I ended up writing two more zombie books. And then suddenly I had a track record that could attract literary agents. And then that got me into gallery with Suffer the Children, a vampire novel. And then. Um, which a, was a vampire novel about a disease that makes the world's children die and they come back with a thirst for blood. And if they're given blood, they become the children they once were, and uh, but only for a short period of time. So they need more blood. And so the kids are vampires, but the, par- the z- monsters in the book are the parents who have to decide how far they'll go right. to keep their kids alive. Will they kill other people and take their blood? And uh, so that book did very well. Uh, and from there, I've done a lot of self-publishing with pulpy adventure story, World War II adventure fiction. And then uh, that uh, that parlayed me into Orbit, what, one of the greatest publishers in the world, Hachette, as its parent company, and ended up uh, having uh, three novels come out with them, the dark fantasy, Southern Gothic dark fantasy, one of us last year. Uh, this year, our war, a dystopian thriller about a second American civil war. And then next year, uh, the title be to determine this uh, novel about an apocalyptic cult. And so it's been this wonderful journey, but if I were to describe it to someone like, how'd you do it? I would say, well, I fell up the stairs. I mean, how to, you know, right. I don't know uh-huh. how to describe that. You just sort of chase your opportunities and you keep writing and you work hard and you trust, mm-hmm. hopefully that this elusive X factor, it, which is which determines market success, will go your way. Um, right. So I've I've learned a lot and I've I, I, I keep uh uh honing my skills about how to go to market. But really for a writer the best way to get success is to keep writing and get be the best writer you can be and always be reading, always be learning and always be producing. And uh, keep getting it yeah. out there and uh hopefully something will happen. Right. I mean, one of the wonderful things about publishing today is it's so democratic. Uh, It's been so democratized that there are so many opportunities. And this means that there's an enormous amount of competition which makes things hard, but it's also easier in that it's not some elusive ivory tower where you feel like you're in a friend's Kafka novel invited to the party you are never allowed to enter and right. uh so i would so there are i will take the democratic um uh, market where things you have lots of opportunities and you can work your way up at least you're getting somewhere.
1: Right, right. You're you're at least participating. And the one thing with publishing is that all the all the big guys will tell you that there there is some kind of luck that happens. You just happen to write the right book at the right time at the right. Yep. You know, there's nobody can plan for it. It's like if if yes. we could plan for it, we'd all be New York Times bestsellers. But there's right. just this weird luck. So the only way you can hit it is to keep writing the next book, right?
0: Yep, uh, for me that was zombies. Uh, w- there were only maybe thirty of us writing zombie books at the time um, when mm-hmm. uh, Tooth and Nail came out, and now there are thousands. There are thousands of, of right. authors, tens of thousands of titles, probably. It's a huge market That's in awesome. in uh, horror fiction, and um, so I don't write in that that much anymore uh, because it's so saturated. But um, uh, but I was in the right place at the right time. Writing this zombie book on a mm-hmm. lark it's something I was always interested in, apocalyptic fiction, and it just struck for me, right. and then it, it that, that more than anything else launched a career for me, just being at the right place at the right time with the right book.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you just got to keep putting them out and hope for the rest.
0: <laughs> yeah, and since so much is out of your control, you have to look at what is in your control. And the greatest thing that's in your control is the quality of your product. Are you writing a good book? And so I I, I would say, you know, authors should always be honing their craft and learning and writing a better book that's – being a better writer than they they were last year and acknowledging they're not as good a writer as they'll be next year.
1: Right. Well, and book wise, now that you can get on Amazon and get an author's whole backlist, I know when I find a new reader who reads the new book, they often go back and get all the old books. And that used to mm-hmm. not be so prevalent because the bookstore only carries the new book and only for a few months, right. and then it's gone. Um, so I love that now in this digital age, a new reader, and I do it too, as a reader, I'll find an author and I'll go, Oh my God. And I go back and buy all their books and they make it easy now that you can go, you know, on Kobo or Amazon or Apple and Mm -hmm. just get all their backlist. So as an author, it's encouraging that your books really never die. They're, you know, readers are still discovering them.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh Suffer the Children um had had a weird trajectory, sales trajectory in that, you know, usually when a book comes on the bookstore, you get this really big hump and then it plateaus and then it eventually mm-hmm. uh, you know conti- it declines. And I found that with Suffer the Children it had a small hump but a high plateau. And a lot of that I think was because of ebooks that it just um Right. It 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 didn't roar out of the bookstores. Um uh, and and I was thinking, oh, it's not going to do that well. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting. I see these sales reports come in, and it's actually since then, and it's it did actually did very well. And generally, uh, yeah, I think a lot of that was due due concept. to e-books and Amazon.
1: Yeah. Mhm. But I do I do still talk about that book because I think the concept oh. is horrifying and amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you, you write apocalyptic horror, sci-fi, fantasy. You also have that historical thriller series. It, it seems like you write many things. Is there another genre that you're dying to dip your toe into? Uh,
0: it really depends on the book. It's It's not so much the genre as the story idea, although I tend to lean towards what I would call speculative, or what what is com- was called speculative fiction, um, right. where there's a strong speculative element. And I really like that. So like in horror, what I like about it is you have ordinary people in an extraordinary situation, which is a formula for good fiction. But then with the horror element, you have this whole other dimension to it. It raises the stakes, right. and it changes the, stakes, the nature of the extraordinary yeah. – and you can do so much more with it. Um, and uh, it's the same thing with uh, dystopia. So here's n- normal people, normal world, except now that world's been changed by one thing, which is the civil war. Or in one of us, it's because of a uh, gen- uh, um, uh, disease that makes a, a generation of children born with, a, a mut- uh, heart- with bad mutations um, and power, as well as powers, uh, that... Um, that would be the element there, but otherwise it's very grounded. And so that's what I like about it, is you can really push boundaries. you know. Like, for, and, and in this case of horror, you can say something about human nature. You can ask a question about human nature that the reader answers for themselves. So like with Suffer the Children, it was like, well, what if you were this parent? Your kids, this is the purest love in the universe – they right. to get them keep them alive. They're vampires now, so to keep them, but they're not, you know, going out attacking people. They're they're just want to be the children they once were, but only for a short amount of time, kind of like batteries. If you get in blood, mm-hmm. so as as your parent, what are you going to do? How far would you go? And so that question, the reader has to, is going to ask ask that question of themselves and answer it by the end of the book. And what they the answer is going to teach them something about themselves and right. so one of the things about great fiction or especially horror fiction is it can hold up that mirror to this to the soul right and um
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i think that's what make that makes that book work and it also uh is one of the reasons why i love that genre so much is that thematically uh, you can you can really explore um through the horror element uh, human nature right uh, society, uh, all of it.
1: Right, and and the having the high stakes is, you know, for me as a writer, I always have a paranormal element in the book, and I mm-hmm. need that because for me as a writer, I love the stakes to be giant. Um, <laughs> so, yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh,
1: you know, the world could end it's, if you, it's spo- oh, you it's open. It's exciting. It's thrilling the to the soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 thrilling to the which is one of the things I like about apocalyptic fiction too. It's like there's a world-ending event or a world-changing event. It's affecting everyone. How are we how are we going to react now that all the dynamics that right. make up our current society are now altered by this? And um, I, I love that. that. That is just wonderful stuff. The ethical is Yeah, dilemmas, it's like the uh, ultimate escape. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, we are running quickly running out of time, which it goes by so fast, but yes. um, it, it, how do you like readers to get in touch with you? I mean, you have an amazing blog. They should definitely all go check that out because you always have TV, movie, book reviews on there, and they're always well thought out. Um, do you have a newsletter you want them to sign up for? Or?
0: Well, I have a mailing list. Uh, so my, okay. my my policy is I w- I won't bug you unless I have a new book out, and because we get so much mail, and so uh, right. yeah, they can go to my. That's probably the best thing to do is go to my website, craigdelouis.com, and they can uh, re- read my blog. They can find out about my books. And the, the great thing about my blog is even if they don't, if they're like, ah, I'm going to pass on your books, Craig. They'll they'll still find something that they like. Uh, a lot of other books yeah. I've reviewed, a lot of movies and, and TV shows and so on. There's a lot, lots of great genre stuff on there. And, uh, and then they can also connect to me uh, from that website. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. I'm on Goodreads and Amazon. And so hopefully they, they'll come by and say hello and, and also sign up for the mailing list if they're interested in my future fiction. And, um, and yeah, that's it. That would probably, probably be the best Perfect. way to reach me.
1: Yeah, and I love well, hearing from readers. So, so, like,
0: I I really hope uh, your yeah. readers, uh, you know, take take that to heart. If you like a book, always reach out to the author.
1: Definitely, you never you'll know you can help us finish a book today. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: it'll make. Yeah, you'll make their day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for being here. It was great to have you back on, and good luck with the new book. I can't wait to read it. Thank you so much, Lisa.
0: Thanks for joining us on Booklight. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.